This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Today I have with me Amy McFarland. She does business development for Stirk Financial. So welcome, Amy. Good morning, Mary. Thanks for having me along. You are welcome. I bet life insurance is one of your most favorite topics to talk about. It's what I enjoy most in my free time. (laughs) (laughs) Said no one ever. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Here's the thing. Life insurance is one of those things that nobody really likes to talk about. Unless maybe you're an insurance salesperson. But... (laughs) Um, the thing about it is it's kind of one of those necessary evils for a lot of people. So mm-hmm. let's talk about it. Let's demystify it. Let's kind of help people understand what are the main things that are important to know about life insurance so that you can make good, educated decisions as you do your own planning. Alrighty. All right. So here's the thing. Life insurance, in my opinion, really has three separate and distinct phases that it helps you during your lifetime. All right. So, you know, Amy, when your girls were young, Mm -hmm. did you have life insurance? No. You didn't. Okay. I did not. And so that is kind of a little scary for someone. It really is. And did anyone think to ask me that? They probably (laughs) thought I was too overwhelmed. (laughs) Being a single parent (laughs) could be, yeah. So here's the thing. When you're young and when you have young children, the first phase of life insurance really and truly is all about protecting widows and children. Mm. I mean, widowers, widows, whatever you want to say, and children. But the thing about it is that the whole purpose of life insurance is if you have a parent, especially an breadwinning parent who passes away unexpectedly, that can leave the surviving spouse and your children in a very, very damaging financial pickle. Mm -hmm. And we have all seen that. We have seen that happen to people and we have seen people struggle. And life insurance in that phase of life, that first phase is about widows and children. It's about providing for them should something happen to you. Okay. Okay. Now, the second phase is basically when your kids get to the point where they're kind of out of college age and now you're in those middle years yourself. You might be approaching retirement. You might be starting to get close to retirement. But when you're in those middle years of yours, that's the second phase of life insurance. And life insurance at that point really and truly has most to do with making sure your spouse is taken care of if you pass away before you have saved enough money to create a comfortable retirement. All right. Okay. So if you think about those middle years, most people are saving for retirement to have enough to be able to retire. Mm -hmm. But if you pass away too soon and you didn't accomplish that savings, you might leave your spouse in a financial pickle where they can't retire because they didn't have the power of your savings behind them. Right. Right. So phase two is really those middle years to protect a spouse so they can have a comfortable retirement. All right. All right, phase three is when you get into retirement, you have enough for retirement, you're getting older, maybe towards the end, you know, the last 10, 15 years of your life. Phase three of life insurance is really all about legacy planning, okay? And legacy planning means, do you want to use life insurance as a vehicle for a couple of different things? Do you want to use it to cover taxes? If you have taxes, it may be estate taxes due at death. Do you want to use it to leave a financial legacy for your family, children, grandchildren? Or do you want to leave a financial legacy for your community or a charity? 
All right. Okay. But they're all legacy oriented. Sure. Right. So if you die, do you want there to be money that comes to somebody or something that is a financial reminder of your generosity? Okay. You know, helps your name kind of live on in in whatever the minds of whoever you have left it to. All right. So phase one is all about widows and children. Phase two is all about making sure you get your spouse through retirement. And phase three is about leaving a legacy. All right. Does that make sense? It makes complete sense. All right. So here's the thing. There is so many different situations out there of people who are trying to figure out what they need for life insurance. And the first step is identifying which phase you are in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I did have a woman come in um, recently. She was newly divorced. And she was wondering what she should do with her current life insurance. Um, You know, her situation had changed because of the divorce. She had um, young adult children, so they were out of college already. She didn't have children at home anymore. And um, so now she didn't have a spouse to take care of. And so the question that she was saying was, you know, do I need life insurance or what should I be doing with this life insurance policy that I have? Okay. All right. Well... Okay, so Mary, I have a question. So during the years um, when someone's divorced, let's say they have um, split custody with their spouse or something, and if they something would happen to them, then the, their former spouse would take the children and raise them. Mm-hmm. Is why life insurance in that um, scenario? Would you need to get some? Well, maybe. You know, and, and that's the the answer is a definite maybe. It totally depends okay. on your situation. But like this woman that came in, the there's so many different nuances for divorce with life insurance planning. So like in the situation you were just describing where mm-hmm. somebody gets divorced but they have young children. Mm-hmm. However, if they were to die, those children would go live with their ex. If there's enough money for that ex, if that ex makes a good living and can support those children on his own then no, I don't necessarily think you need the life insurance for purposes of widows and children. Sure. Okay. Um, but if, let's just say you're the breadwinner, uh-huh. you're the one that's paying alimony, you're the one that's paying child support, and you passed away, and now the children are living with the ex that didn't make as much money, mm-hmm. now all of those people are back in that financial pickle. So I usually recommend that um, if you are in a divorce situation... If you are the person who's paying child support or alimony, I think that it's a a very great gift to give to your family to carry life insurance. Absolutely. And to have your kids or even your ex-spouse still be the beneficiary on that. Because as long as those kids are still in the growing up phase, we want to protect your breadwinning ability, whether you're married or not, because they're still your kids. And I believe the younger you are, the the lower your premiums should run. most definitely. Mm -hmm. That's very true. I also have helped um, people negotiate in their divorce settlements that if they're on the receiving end of alimony or child support, that they're mandating it in their divorce decrees to say, hey, I want there to be life insurance on my soon-to-be ex who's paying me alimony and child support. I want to mandate that that, that there's coverage and that they have to keep it for a certain amount of years Mm -hmm. until the kids are out of college. Mm -hmm. And that way, if that person dies and that child support goes away, then at least there's an insurance benefit fit there to replace the child support that would have been there. Okay. So that's kind of some good things to think about for life insurance in a divorce setting, which is a totally unique situation for a lot of people. Sure. So, all right. So when you're thinking about life insurance, there's really two types of it. 
There's term life insurance and there's permanent life insurance. Okay. And it really can be as simple as that. Term is like renting an apartment. (laughs) You rent it for a period of time. And when you're done renting it, it's done. That's exactly what term life insurance is. You pay for it. You have it for a period of time. And then when you're done paying for it, it's gone. There's no more benefit Mm. after the end of the term. If you didn't die at the end of the term. Right. So should you be lucky enough to outlive your term, (laughs) then there's no more benefit. It's like you rented your life insurance. And the thing about it is that most term policies come in either a 10-year term or a 20-year term or a 30-year term. Mm -hmm. And what's nice about term policies is most of them, the premium is the same all 10 years or all 20 years or all 30 years. So that's why they're called level term policies. It just means that the term is set for how long you have insurance and the premium is set and it can't go up. All right. Okay. So that's pretty easy to understand. Permanent insurance, however, is a little bit of a different story. Permanent insurance is kind of like buying your house. Right, So buying instead of renting. Because with permanent insurance, you're building equity in it. Sure, You're building what's called a cash value, which is similar to having like equity in your home. And at the end of the day, if you cancel that policy, hopefully you have some equity that you can take back out of it. Sure. It also has no term. It's designed to be there for your entire life. So if you die, no matter how old you are, hopefully your life insurance is still in place for you. So the difference between term and permanent is kind of like the difference between renting and buying a house. All right. Okay. That makes sense. All right. So when you get into the permanent coverages, though, this is where you get into all kinds of craziness with how many different types there are. There's whole life. There's universal life. There's variable life. There's flexible life. There's adjustable life. I mean, there is like, it's like the Forrest Gump with all the different kinds of shrimp. (laughs) That's kind of what the permanent life insurance world is like. Wow. (laughs) So knowing what type of insurance is going to fit you from a permanent standpoint is really a personal decision. And it all comes down to this. How long do you want the coverage to last? If you want it for your lifetime, that's going to be a decision point. Do you want to take risk with it? So if you want to take risk, like you're willing to gamble a little bit with your life insurance, then maybe you would want a variable policy where the cash value is invested in market, stock market type investments. Or do you not want to take any risk? If you want something guaranteed, that's going to mean you're going to be pushing more towards one of the universal life policies or they're called guaranteed universal life they're more expensive because they're guaranteed but yet they are guaranteed Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, there's index ones where you can kind of be in the middle of risk you know there's some market risk but they also have some guarantees inside of them so all of the different permanent types of policies the main thing you want to figure out is how much uh, risk are you willing to take within your life insurance and that will help guide you towards what type of policy you want to have All right. Now, we have a great giveaway for people this um, week. It's a life insurance basics booklet. It's really going to take you through the uses of life insurance. It's going to teach you about how much you would need, how much you can afford, what's in the life insurance contract, what to think about that. So it's a great booklet for the giveaway. So give us a call, 605-217-3555, and uh, we'd be happy to send you this life insurance basics booklet or you can just go out to our website at sterkfinancialservices.com and we'll go from there.
Now we're going to talk about how much you need. All right. So, Amy, when you think about your own life insurance planning, what's kind of the first thing that pops into your mind about figuring out how much you need? Um, well, almost two things. I would think, one, you know, how, when am I going to die? When would I see <laughs> myself dying? And really wanting to make sure that, obviously, if I go first, that um, my spouse is comfortable without my income, especially if I end up going sooner than I really had, you know, life deals a throw. Yep. And you know what? That is exactly what that phase two is all about. Okay. You know, you're you're saying, well, I just want to make sure that, you know, Steve, my husband is taken care of if something happens to me and doesn't have my income. That is phase two right there. Okay. So here's the thing. Figuring out how much life insurance you need um, is probably one of the most difficult parts of life insurance planning. Oh. It's very subjective. There's no one particular right way to do it. Now, there's quick and dirty rules of thumb. You know, the quick and dirty rule of thumb is you need seven to ten times your income. All right. All right, fine. So that's an easy one for people to figure out, right? Okay. Um, But what I like to think about with life insurance planning is that it really should come down to a couple of different things. Number one, have a conversation with your spouse. Honey, if I die, are you going to want to stay in this house? Hmm. Okay, Mm -hmm. because if they're going to want to stay in the house, then it's going to be really nice if you have enough life insurance to pay off the mortgage for them. Oh, okay. So if they lose your income, Mm -hmm. they might lose the ability to pay for that mortgage. Mm -hmm. And so being able to stay in the home that they're comfortable in, that they maybe have raised their family in, things like that, being able to set aside enough money to cover that debt is really step one of figuring out how much you need. Yeah, but don't you bring another woman in here. (laughs) (laughs) That's the first thing I think. (laughs) Before you bring another woman in, you must sell the house. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Okay, so the second thing is if you have kids and you're thinking about um, needing to get them sent to college, you might want to include enough money in your life insurance planning to cover the cost of college. Because the reality is, if if you've lost your spouse and you're raising kids as a single parent, Mm -hmm. the ability that you might have to actually save for college probably is not going to easily be there. Yes. You know, your your single income now is taking care of the family, there's not going to be a lot there to save for college. So in your life insurance planning, if you have enough money set aside to cover college for your kids, that's kind of the second piece that I like to cover. Okay. And then the third piece really comes down to lifestyle. Like how many years do you want to provide a comfortable lifestyle for your spouse? And here's the thing. There is no one right answer to this. When I do life insurance planning with people, sometimes it's, oh, I want to take care of my spouse for about 10 years, and then I think they'll be back on their feet. Okay. Or, you know what? They make a good job. They'll be fine taking care of themselves. If mm-hmm. I cover the mortgage in college, we're going to be good. Okay. And some people say, I want to take care of them forever. I never want them to have to worry about money again. Mm-hmm. And some of them say, I don't want them to get a dime of life insurance money because they're going to go to Mexico and party <laughs> up with the pool boy. So, you know, it all just depends on your own personal sure. feelings about this sure. piece. But how long you want to help take care of your spouse following mm-hmm. your death is what the third piece of this is all about. All right. So if you add up covering the debt, 
taking care of college and lifestyle for your spouse, that's really what gets you to a number that's meaningful for life insurance. All right. Now, is it going to equal around seven to 10 times your income? I don't know. It depends on how much of that you want to cover. Could be less, could be more. Sure. But those are a couple different ways to think about life insurance. And my personal belief is about every three to five years, it's a good idea for you to go reevaluate your life insurance. All right. Do you have the right amount for where you are now? Is it the right kind of coverage? Okay. And here's why. Every five years in our lives, our lives change enough oh. that I think we need to look at that. Mm-hmm. You know, five years ago, Amy, neither one of your girls were done with college. That's right. And now they are. Yes. Perfect yes. time to reevaluate your, late, sure. reevaluate your life insurance. Move to a different home. Yep. Yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Different mortgage number. Yep. Reevaluate your life insurance. Yeah. So as big changes happen in your life, I encourage everyone to take a look at their life insurance. Now, here's another reason to reevaluate your life insurance. And this is something that people don't really understand is that there is something called the cost of insurance tables. They're called CSO tables. Okay, These are actuarial tables that life insurance companies use to figure out how much to charge you for insurance. Okay. So here's the thing. As medical advances progress and we live longer, then it's a longer time until the insurance company is supposed to pay out that death benefit. Therefore, since it's longer until they have to pay it out... They can't charge as much money for it. So every time they update these CSO tables Mm -hmm. and that human beings are living longer, insurance actually gets a little bit cheaper. So what I see sometimes is I see policies that were bought when, you know, somebody was 25 years old and now they're ready to retire. Mm -hmm. Or I see policies that were bought back in the, you know, early 2000s or the late 1980s. Those are all running off of insurance tables that expected you to die much sooner than they expect you to die now. And if you're healthy enough to upgrade to a newer policy, your actual cost of insurance per thousand will be less. Mm -hmm. And people don't realize that. So take this as an opportunity to give us a call and let's review your life insurance. Let's look at it. Let's see if you have the right amount. Let's see if you have the right kind. Because I don't think you should spend one penny more than you need to on life insurance. And I don't think you should insure yourself for $1 more than you need. So dial into what is important. Dial into what you're really trying to cover. Let's let's do away with these rules of thumbs and make it a meaningful number for you and make your life insurance actually work for you instead of having it be this kind of complex mystery that's out there. Sure. So, okay. All right. So give us a call. We have this great life insurance basics booklet. Um, and it's going to educate you on a couple of things. One of the things it's going to educate you on is beneficiaries. All right. And, okay, so, Amy, mm-hmm. when you have a beneficiary, what do you think? Do you... Uh, in terms of who? Yes. A spouse. A spouse. Well, right now. Yep. Mm-hmm. And here's the funny thing about beneficiaries. People forget to change them. Mm. So earlier we were talking about people in divorce. Yeah. I have seen so many situations where somebody has died and they never changed the beneficiary from their ex-spouse to their current spouse. <laughs> and that rules? Yes, it does. The beneficiary designation rules the day. So it's not something that's easily changeable. So up when you're evaluating that life insurance, update those beneficiaries. Yes, absolutely. So... um 
take this as an opportunity to look at your beneficiary planning too. Mm -hmm. This would be an important time to do that. Give us a call or go onto our website at strickfinancialservices.com and get your free life insurance basics booklet. Also, we have a seminar coming up that I want to share with you. We are doing a seminar for caregivers, um, whether it's a spouse or whether it's parents that you're becoming a caregiver for. November 1st, which um, is the kickoff for caregiver month national caregiver that's month, right it is we're going to be is. doing a seminar for how to help financially navigate the waters for someone if you are a caregiver oh, and and there's no set rules you never know when it's going to happen right uh, exactly looking back on it uh, my husband and i are difference enough difference in age he's younger that even by the time my parents had passed i said to him I wonder how long before you will take over this role with mm-hmm. your parents. And it's it's a given. It's going to happen. At um, some point in time, it happens yeah. to all of us. So we have some great tools that we'll educate you on at that seminar of how to help take care of someone and their finances when you get to the point where you're in charge of that. And I'm excited it's going to be at Whispering Creek um, Retirement Mm -hmm. Community, which if you've never had a chance to see it, it's a great time. It's just a lovely place, and I think it should be a good talk that you have, Mary. I think as well. So thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. We hope that this has helped simplify life insurance for you. And uh, give us a call. We'd love to help you with that life insurance planning. And you're listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. Call us at 605-217-3555 for your free life insurance basics booklet. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Insurance offered through Sturk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial. Sturk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dune, South Dakota, 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555.